Hello, everybody. Yes, it is I. Stupid chair. Yes, it is I, Jonathan Beard. Um, I am back for the fourth episode of Behind the Mic. As you can hear, I am very exhausted today. It's been a long day. I went to my field practicum and I basically nonstop was listening to people and checking scholarships. And Thursday, I have to count where it's on paper. Fun stuff. Um, as I have said, welcome back to the fourth episode of Behind the Mic. Um, my great co-host has returned the wonderful Maggie Leppert say hi to the people hello people yes I'm very people. exhausted too oh it's been a day it's been a day so I hope you enjoy it it may not be long but that's what I say for all of these and they end up getting a half hour later and away we go um we are going through the week of Monday the 14th to Sunday the 20th of October. So starting with Monday, 1947, it's not that big of an event. I just feel like it, it made history. It's Chuck Yeager breaks the sound barrier in 1947. Anything that long ago is going to be breaking history. I, I don't I don't care what it is. So, um, Chuck Yeager was born in 1923. He was a combat fighter in World War II. He flew 64 missions and shot down 13 German planes. He was chosen to test fly an experimental X-1 rocket plane. The theorists at the time, the physics theorists at the time, they theorized that transonic drag would rise and tear any aircraft apart. They were wrong because when they lifted him to an altitude of 25,000 feet by a B-29 aircraft, they released him and he started rocketing at 40,000 feet and exceeded the 662 miles an hour in which at that altitude, it, that was the sound barrier. So this guy broke the sound barrier in 1947. I, it's interesting but it's not exactly the greatest event ever known to man. Of course not. The second one may be, though. This one is the most interesting of one. Of course, of course. Uh, 1994, Pulp Fiction opens in theater. In theaters. <laughs> I was supposed to have Kyrie back as a special guest, but... But I'm here because... I am better. Agree to disagree, but if he was here, I would look straight at him and say, this is what you should be learning about. Pulp Fiction. I asked him one time in the library if he knew what Pulp Fiction was. I don't, he, he didn't know. He did not know. And I asked like, That's pathetic. I asked like three other the people. The is older than him. It's older than us. me. I was born in 96. I was born in 97. I'm pretty sure he was born in, what, 98? Yeah, I'm just just throwing people. He's definitely way younger than that. Oh, oh yeah. 99, maybe. I'll ask him next time. But 
on Monday, the 14th, 1994, Pulp Fiction opens in theater. The, the great part about this is it was made for less than 10 million, made, made for less than 10 million dollars. But it earned more than a hundred million at the box office. It was made by Quentin Tarantino, as you all may know. He has a lot of cult films. He has a film that came out this year called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I want to see it. That is my new favorite movie, partially because it has Leonardo DiCaprio in it, and partially because it has to do with the Manson family. I mean, anything with the crap, the the uh, Caprio is great obviously 1964 of course you know DiCaprio plays what Titanic right that's that's DiCaprio so like for the longest time that broke that set the record for the longest highest grossing movie of all time so come on 1964 Martin Luther King Jr. wins the Nobel Peace Prize a little backstory on MLK he was 35 and he is the youngest who ever received the award, the award. I found that really shocking. 35, like, that was 55, 56 years ago. No one has received it who was younger than him at that time. I Not that I have found. Um, he was born in 1929. He received his doctorate degree in theology, and he got a start in 1995 and he, when he organized the Montgomery Bus Boycott. Uh, in 1963, he led his massive march on Washington where he delivered his I Have a Dream speech. Um, 1964, he was very pivotal in help passing the Civil Rights Act of 64 and the 24th Amendment. Uh, the Civil Rights Act of 1964 prohibited racial dis- uh, discrimination in employment and education. It also outlawed social segregation and public facilities. The 24th Amendment abolished poll tax. He donated the money, which was an estimated $54,600 to the Civil Rights Movement. Um, But later on, about four years later, he was assassinated on March 4th. Um, That happened to be my grandfather's birthday as well. It's kind of scary. That's April 4th. What did I say? March. April 4th. Apologies. April 4th, 1968. That's my grandfather's birthday. Um, moving on. <laughs> hey, I have the excuse of I'm tired. Good thing you're here. Uh, 1962, the Cuban Missile Crisis begins. I find this one funny because when I was looking it up, I, I read it in like a five-year-old's voice because essentially... Uh, JFK put a whole bunch of uh, nuclear missiles in Turkey. And then later on after that, he basically said, yeah, let's invade Cuba. Let's train some of their guys and invade their own country and try to take out Fidel Castro. It failed. That was called Bay of Pigs invasion. Cuba wanted help from Russia because, you know, they're both communists. So you got a communist, got to help a communist. Um... And here's where I read it in a five-year-old's voice. Khrushchev decided to put missiles in Cuba to even the imbalance due to missiles in Turkey. 
like just because there was missiles in Turkey, he was like, you know what? I'm gonna have them in Cuba, just just because. And so yeah, that's a history lesson in less than five minutes right there about the Cuban Missile Crisis. <laughs> this one, this next one's actually my personal favorite out of all these. One of my personal. The Battle of Hastings, 1066. I may have mentioned this once or twice on this syndicated uh, podcast. I don't know if it's syndicated. I like that word, so I'm saying it. So 1066, Battle of Hastings. In 1051, William the Conqueror visits his cousin Edward the Confessor. But Edward the Confessor says, hey, when I die, you can have the throne. You know, and then William's like, cool, I like that. And this is England, okay? And he's like, yeah, why not? I'll take it. Edward the Confessor dies. And he leaves the throne to a guy named Harold Godwin. In 1066. William the Conqueror's like, oh, yeah, no, uh, this ain't, this is not happening. This is not, no, I can't, we cannot have this. So William the Conqueror decides to invade England. Like, come on, who does that? Like, I'm not going to get my way, so I'm just going to destroy your whole country. I would do that. Uh, it's something I'd do. Um, but on Christmas Day, 1066, he was crowned the first Norman king of England. And this is where our modern language of, our modern English language comes from. This king in 1066. Uh, the Engli- the Anglo-Saxon phase of English history came to an end. French was spoken everywhere, and it blended with the native tongue, and it gave birth to modern English. So I was really interested he- to hear about that. Uh, the whole country was proud for him to be an effective king. One of his big, uh, one of his big services to the land was the Domesde book, which was a great census of the lands and the people of England. So, that's the Battle of Hastings in a nutshell. I personally really love it. I don't know why. Um, 1912, Theodore Roosevelt is shot on his way to make a campaign speech. He was, this was his third time. So, uh, do you know anything about Theodore Roosevelt, Maggie? Just that he was president. Hoorah. Um... (laughs) He was on his way to give a campaign, a campaign speech. That's Sounds it. like you just need to slow down. I really do, though. Yeah. So he goes to make a uh, campaign speech, which I said for like the fifth time now. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Uh, this is his third run as president. He's campaigning to become president for a third time and this is before uh fdr of course and fdr looks up to theodore they were like distant third cousins or something like that and a saloon keeper by the name of john shrank shot him just in the middle of uh, uh in the middle of town just literally shot him thinking there would be no repercussions. He was going to die, and everybody would be like, yay! But that did not happen. The bullet failed to mortally wound him due to his glasses case and a bundle of manuscripts in his breast pocket. 
literally. The guy screamed out, any man looking for a third term ought to be shot. That the whopping part is, Roosevelt went on to deliver the speech with the bullet still in his chest, and he spoke for an hour. This dude spoke for an hour. Did he get his third term? No, he did not. He failed. That's sad. He, um... He failed against Harry Truman. No, not Harry. Um, 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 um. I'll get back to it. That's okay. 19. Yeah, I'll get back to it. The last one, 1918, Adolf Hitler is wounded in British gas attack. Which starts his whole uh, wanting to conquer the world ego phase. So there's that. That is Monday the 14th. Tuesday the 15th, 1989, Wayne Gretzky breaks NHL points record. He was 28 and he was playing with the LA Kings. He broke Gordie Howe's record, which was 1,850 shots. Um, That's not the ridiculous part. The ridiculous part is Howe, Gordie Howe made a speech after the game Wayne Gretzky was giving given a 1.851 carat diamond bracelet with diamonds spelling out 1851. He was given a crystal hologram engraved with his picture from the Kings and a carved silver tea tray from the league. Like I would like lots of those diamonds. Ah, uh, exactly. Woodrow Wilson Sorry, that's that's who uh, that's who it was that he eventually become president. <laughs> it was it was Roosevelt, William Jennings Bryan, some other dude, and Woodrow Wilson. So, Wood, Woodrow Wilson was a Democrat. Uh, William Jennings Bryan was like a communist socialist. Uh, somebody was run, uh, Taft was running on the uh, uh, Republican ticket, and Roosevelt was on the Bull Moose kind of conservative Republican ticket as well. I knew I would remember it. Oh my God! <clears throat> Nineteen ninety-one, Clarence Thomas confirmed to the Supreme Court. He was com- uh, confirmed at at the age of forty-three by George H. W. Bush. Uh, he was. He was put on the court after Thurgood Marshall, who we talked about in previous episodes, retired after 34 years on the bench. Thomas was the chairman of the EEOC, which was the Equal Opportunity Commission during the Reagan administration. He was confirmed quickly, but not before he was accused of sexual assault and seduction of a woman. I forgot her name, but they had a whole trial and he was acquitted, and the nation was divided after that point. 1990, or 1965, uh, draft card burning demonstrations staged across the country. So during the 60s and 70s, we all know about the Vietnam War and how unpopular it became. Uh, This drew 100,000 people from around 40 cities, and it was extremely illegal to burn your draft card extremely illegal um like to the point to where you could face some high charges almost treason um that's wild it is wild 
1946, <clears throat> the last one for Tuesday, the 15th, high-ranking Nazi leader Hermann Göring dies via poison. So, listen to all this. If, if this isn't ego, I don't know what is. He was the commander-in-chief of the Luftwaffe, which is the German uh, air, the planes, the uh, air, whatever, what's it called? An airplane? Not the Navy, not the, the air, air, air force. Air force, that's what it's called. I'm having a tough day. Uh, he was the president of the Reich, Reichstag. He was the head of the Gestapo, the PM of Prussia, chief forester of the Reich, chief liquidator of sequestered estates. I don't even know what that means. Supreme head of the National Weather Bureau. And Hitler's designated successor. So if Hitler would have died any time between 39 and 44, Goring would have been the, uh, the main guy to go to. Eventually, later in life, he became addicted to painkillers. Um, it was rumored that he changed uniforms at least five times a day. You're, yeah, you're giving, you're giving the look. What are you thinking? He must be a dirty, messy man. There's no need to change five times. At least, yeah. And then he ordered the Jewish purge after Kristallnacht, Night of the Broken Glass. Um, moving on to Wednesday the 16th, 1934. I mentioned this only to mention something later on. Uh, 1934, the Long March Begins, which was commanded by Mao Zedong, who in 1943 made or helped China become communist. The goal, the theme of today is apparently communism. I, I don't know how that happened. Um, the communist marchers crossed 24 rivers and 18 mountain ranges, mostly snow-capped. Only 4,000 troops completed the journey, and uh, it, was, it is the longest continuous march in the history of warfare. Uh, in 1847, Charlotte Bronte's Jane Eyre is published, which I only mentioned. The couple, I, I don't really have too many facts about the last couple ones for um, Wednesday or Thursday, but they are important dates and important events to know. Uh, Charlotte Bronte's Jane Eyre is on the like 100 best books or 100 classics books to read before you die. So, eventually, before I die, I'm going to read that. 1923, Walt Disney Company is founded. We all know about Walt Disney. It's a monopoly. It really is, though. Star Wars, Marvel, everything else under the sun and reality. <laughs> uh, started out with Steamboat Willie, which eventually became Mickey Mouse. Yeah. He had a very bad smoking habit, and he died of... He died of jaw cancer. Walt Disney did? He did, hmm. yes. I don't know what year, but it was like, no, I think it was like 55 or 57. I don't know. 1859, John Brown's raid on Harper's Ferry. 1793, Marie Antoinette is beheaded. It's a great movie. Which one? Marie Antoinette. There's I mean, a movie, and it's very good. I've never watched it. Is Should I watch it? Yes. I don't know if it's still on Netflix, though. 
but that's where I saw it. Interesting. And in 1946, 19 war criminals, not 19, Nazi war criminals were executed. In previous episodes, we have talked about the Nuremberg trials and Nazi leaders' sentence and everything else. So today, they are actually executed. Thursday, the 17th. 1931, Al Capone goes to prison for, like, actually the last time. Like, he's brought up on tax evasion charges. Wasn't that out there uh, Alcatraz Alcatraz, yeah. Um, There's only, like, two people to ever escape and only one they found the body to or something like that, right? Do you know anything about Alcatraz? I thought that more than two people escaped. I thought it was, like, maybe three or four I, I remember there was a bird man of Alcatraz who tried to fly away, which that didn't go so well. And then there was an, another dude that jumped and they never found his body. And then they, maybe there was a couple others. I don't exactly remember. I but don't remember. I didn't think they found any of their bodies. Agreed. Agreed. 1973, OPEC enacts the oil embargo. OPEC, which is like uh, oil, petro- oil and Petroleum Embargo Committee. I don't know. Something like that. I, today I sound really stupid, guys, but usually I would remember what this says and I would write it but down. But usually it would just be less stupid sounding. It would, but I don't really care at this point. But only kind of. <laughs> Nine, um, oil. I know what it is. I don't know what it is. Oh my god, I am blanking out today. Hey Siri, what does O P E C stand for? Which word? O A OPEC means Organization of the Petroleum Exporting Countries. There you go. Organization of the Petroleum Exporting Countries. Thank you, Siri. <laughs> 1968 Olympic protesters stripped of their medals. Now, this was at a time when, again, Vietnam was a big uh, disagreement throughout the whole country. You have these three guys who win in, like, high jumping, something else, and distance running. Two of them were African-American, and one was an Australian guy. At the very end, when they were on their podium, uh, the two African-Americans, uh, they rose, they raised their fists. We all have seen the classic pictures of them. They raised their fist in protest, but the other guy did too. He didn't raise his fist, but he had like a little pin on his uh, uh, shirt. And what were they protesting? Vietnam War and uh, segregation and uh, uh, racial unrest, all, all that stuff that was going on around that time. Uh, Black Panthers, who were, like, created in the 70s. These were, like, the kind of start of it. They eventually, all three of them get stripped of their medals. Um, The last guy, the white Australian uh, guy, he couldn't, he was never invited back to an Olympics ever again. And he, he passed away, and the other two guys that he was with were his pallbearers. I found that very, very interesting. Uh, Friday, the 18th, 1867, U.S. takes possession of Alaska. 
We also have talked about this in a previous podcast briefly, though. It was pretty, yeah. So I have official numbers. I said it was like dirt cheap, which this is dirt cheap. We purchased Russia for $7.2 million, and that's less than two cents an acre. Um, the Secretary of State, William, William Seward, who was the Secretary of State under Andrew Johnson, purchased it from Russia because Russia was too tired of protecting it. They thought it was a national... Uh, it was too hard to watch, basically. They couldn't protect it. So they were like, you know what? You can have it. They found uh, a gold rush happened in Alaska in 1896. Alaska became... Uh, it was either the 49th or 50th state. I can't remember. In 1959... 49th, because wasn't Hawaii, Hawaii the 50th? I always get the two mixed up. Uh, it became the 49th state in 1959... Alaska produces 25% of the United States' oil, and it produces 50% of its seafood. And, obviously, it's the largest state and area. Sounds delicious. Seafood sounds good right now. I'm just also very hungry. Me too. Uh, 1767, the Mason-Dixon line is drawn, which divides colonies. Now, in a really simple way of saying this, Originally, the Mason-Dixon line was settled, it, it helped settle the dispute between Pennsylvania and Maryland. But later on, it became the basis of where slavery should be. Should it be in the north or should it be in the south? And we all know what happens from there. 1988, Roseanne debuts. Do you like Roseanne? No. Huh. I don't like the actress on it. What about everybody else? I like the guy that plays the dad, because wasn't he in the John Flintstones? Yeah, he's a great yeah. actor. I liked Roseanne all the way up to she until she went crazy. She was already crazy. Touche. And crazy. then they tried to reboot it again. Actually, yeah. That, it, and then it was horrible. It was popular enough back in the day to get a reboot. But Roseanne said some... Very, very unflattering political things. Um, and, yeah, she got kicked off her own show, which is funny. Uh, at the time, it was a groundbreaking show for its portrayal of the working class family. No other show. So Roseanne would come in, you know, she would spit and she would do the dishes. The dishes would be piled up. She would cuss and yell as she's making dinner as opposed to... You know, like an I Love Lucy or a Leave it to Beaver where the moms will be all, like, clean and preppy and uh, non-swearing. And they would say hi to their husbands when they got home, classic 1950s. Roseanne just stared at her husband and said, you gonna help me? And uh, John Goodman, the husband's like, you have two hands? It was kind of that back and forth modern day working class humor unlike 1950s. I personally like Roseanne. I just don't like some of the stuff she stands for. 1968, John Lennon and Yoko Ono arrested for drug possession. Now, if Kyrie was here, he would enjoy this one as well. Do you like John Lennon, Maggie? I don't really like the Beatles. Do you like John Lennon? He was a, he was a separate act after the Beatles. No. He was okay. He had two good songs. 
Um, days earlier, prior to when Yoko Ono and Lennon were arrested, Yoko Ono announced that she was pregnant, which really isn't that significant until you take into account that both of those people were still married to other people. Which I did not know. I didn't either. I, I did thought not they either. were married to each other. They were later, but oh. at this time they were they not were just apparently. They were frisky. They're very frisky. Um, that ended up uh, in a miscarriage, unfortunately. Um, at the day of the um, the day of when they were arrested. They were trying to get rid of the evidence. A detective sergeant by the name of Norman Pilcher read a warrant through their bedroom window. He was just reading it at the window. Like, you know, you have the right... um, That's pretty smart policing. Like, literally. Like, they're trying to get rid of all their evidence. And he's like, you know what? I'm just going to look at the window and start reading this thing. (laughs) Um, And then he broke down the front door. They literally broke down the front door. Like, what? (laughs) They end up finding 200 grams of hashish, a cigarette roller with traces of marijuana, and half a gram of morphine. He ended up pleading guilty because he was worried that Yoko Ono would be deported. He was fined 150 pounds, which is $193.76. And they said the next time it happened, he would face a, jail, uh, a year in jail. The detective would later on arrest uh, George Harrison on the similar charges. So anybody that says the Beatles never did drugs, you're you're That's you're how they crazy. obviously got their weird songs. You've never like heard Yellow of Submarine. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Yeah. And like, if you ever see uh, Sgt. Pepper's album... Come on, people. Come on, people. Those mustaches alone. The outfits. The outfits alone. Except for George Harrison, who actually wanted and studied, like, he went out to study Hindu, and he studied Buddhist, and he actually became of that lifestyle later on. He became on one with the weed. He did. With, yes. <laughs> and himself. Uh, <laughs> became one with the weed. 1469, Ferdinand of Aragon marries Isabel of Castile, and basically Spain becomes unstoppable until England arrives like a couple hundred years later. Um, what's next? That was Friday. Saturday the 19th. <laughs> 1781. Um, the last day of the American Revolution, the battle, uh, the Americans defeat the British at Yorktown, which officially ended the Revolutionary War. And a couple years later, in 1783, um, Britain declared U.S. its own free and independent nation. Now that's not Fourth of July, 1776, or you know that's not the signing of our. Uh, Declaration of Independence and Constitution. Because no, we were still so. dependent on England. For we things. were. Yes, yes. 1985, take on me, you know, aha. Um, that reaches the top of the U.S. charts. I feel 
like I've heard that song, but I can't remember. Take on oh, yes. me. Take on me. <laughs> My voice is gone today. 1985. The first blockbuster opens. Have you ever been to a blockbuster? Oh, yes. I like them. I enjoy the blockbuster. I was actually going to work for a family video. I know that's not blockbuster, but it has the same feel. <laughs> it opened in Dallas, Texas. It went bankrupt in 2010. In 1988, it was the leading video, ch video chain with 400 stores. By the time the 1990s rolled around, it unleashed its 100th store. They went overseas. And in 2014, um, the last company-owned store closed. 2010, they filed for um, bankruptcy, but there was still some out there that weren't owned by the company. And there is only one blockbuster left in the United States. It's in Oregon. Of course the hipsters are keeping it alive. Did you know Netflix came out in the 90s? I did not. I didn't either. It was a DVD rental service. I never used Netflix when it was... I mean, I'm pretty sure they still do the DVD rental. They do, but it was like... But I have only known Netflix as what it is now. The greatest streaming service alive. Sometimes. <laughs> when they don't take shows off. Oh, yeah. I hate those or guys. Movies. hate those guys. Uh, 1812... Napoleon retreats from uh, Moscow. So Napoleon invades Moscow, as does a lot of leaders throughout history, because you know nobody wants to leave Russia alone. Like, like what's in Russia? Like literally, it's Vodka. it's snow and potatoes. Yeah, that's, that's all it is. It's 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 a lot of potatoes, a lot lot of potatoes. I'm gonna raid Russia then. <laughs> Good luck. Make sure you pack a coat. Um, he took more than 500,000 soldiers and staff, which was the largest European military force ever assembled to that date. Uh, when he left, because he realized he couldn't conquer Russia anymore, he more than uh, 400,000 people died. So he basically left with 100,000 people. Later on in 1815, he would not become, what's the word? He wouldn't rule France anymore. He would basically, he was defeated at Waterloo and sent into exile. Last but not least, Sunday the 20th, 1947. Everybody's heard of HUAC. Everyone's heard of Joseph McCarthy. If you haven't, HUAC is the House Un-American... House Un-American... Oh my God, why am I blanking today? Do I need to ask? No. Not, not yet. Um, I can do this. House Un-American... Yeah, ask Siri. Hey Siri. Oh my God. What does... HUAC. HUAC mean. Okay. I found this on the web for Hey Siri, okay. what does he work mean? Okay. Check it out. She thought that I said he work. How do you, what's the acronym letters for HUAC? H-U-A-C. 
Hey Siri, what does H-U-A-C stand for? As an abbreviation, it means House on American Activities Committee. Activities! Do you want to hear the remaining one? No, we don't. <laughs> House on American Activities Commission, which was led by Joseph McCarthy. Robert Kennedy also was there. Future President Nixon was there. Um, basically, they were scoping out Hollywood. Everybody in Hollywood was, to them, a communist. The Red Scare was happening, and they were like, you know what? We don't like your kind here. And the only one really brave enough, in my opinion, to step up was Lucille Ball, who was actually, she was actually, uh, she was a, she was signed to vote communist, actually. Like, you know how you sign up to be Democrat, Republican? Yeah. She was actual communist. That's hilarious. Joseph, Joseph McCarthy went on to joke about, or somebody went on to joke about... Maybe it's because her husband's from, what, Cuba? Her, it was ripped from her father. He, he escaped from Cuba to be an orchestra leader. Her father, Lucille Ball. No, her... Lucille Ball's father, Henry Ball or something like that, was labeled communist, was signed up to be communist. She got it from him. Like, you know how they do the whole political spectrum from your parents type thing? I guess. Yeah, so she got it from her father. Desi Arnaz left Cuba to get away from what was going on to be a orchestra leader. And he was one of the biggest and best orchestra leaders until his death. Yeah. So yeah, there's that. 1977, uh, three members of the Southern Rock Band, Leonard Skinner, crashed and died. How do you feel about Leonard Skinner? My dad likes him. I I love Leonard Skinner. Yeah, yep, I love Leonard Skinner. 1935, Mao Zedong's Long March that I mentioned like three days prior. It ends. It concludes. And it started in 1934, so it was, what, a year long? A year or something, yeah. Mm-hmm. And at the very end, Mao Zedong takes over China and in 1949 um, becomes communist. And in 1803, the Louisiana Purchase is finally ratified. Now we're, we're going to end with Napoleon again. Napoleon was trying to conquer Europe, conquer France, conquer a lot of people. He went to Thomas Jefferson and said, Hey, bro, do you want to buy this land? I'm broke. And Jefferson's like, I don't really want to, but... He's like, bro, it's land. And Jefferson's like, all right, I'll buy it from you. So they finally said, yeah, but you can buy it, and that's that. What land? Louisiana Purchase. Um, It's... Literally, if you look at the map of America, it's the middle part of America. It's like Mississippi River, whatever. It's a little more than Louisiana, then. No, no, it's called the Louisiana Purchase because that's where it, like, starts. Like, that's the main property that really came out of it. Because, you know, Nebraska and Oregon, uh, not Oregon, Nebraska, Wisconsin, all those, they don't really count. Yeah. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Behind the Mic. 
I hope personally you enjoyed Siri helping us. Yes, tell Siri thank you. Me? Yes, tell Siri oh, thank, thank you. Oh, thank you, Siri. That that was very anticlimactic. She doesn't come on that often unless That's you say okay. hey. Huh? Fair enough. And I don't want her to talk to me more than she already does. <laughs> Please hit that subscribe button. Please come back next week for another thrilling and exciting episode of Behind the Mic. Personally, I think this is the best one. <laughs> Agree to disagree. <laughs> Again, hit that subscribe button. Tweet at me. Tweet at Mountcast. If you have any suggestions, you want to recommend anything, tell us how we did. Follow us. Um, please come back next week. This has been Behind the Mic. I am Jonathan Beard. I'm Maggie. She's currently waving at the mic, like, you know. Hi, I'm, I'm hungry and I'm tired. Uh, good night, everybody. Please join us next week. <laughs>